Super Talk Mississippi Media Production. Do you need heavy equipment or farm equipment? Look no further than Southern Equipment and Parts in Laurel. We have a wide selection of new and used equipment from many top brands. We also offer parts, service, and rentals. Whether you're a contractor, farmer, or just need help around the house, we have what you need. Southern Equipment is your one-stop shop for all farm and heavy equipment. Visit us at 5237 Highway 84 West and southernequipparts.com or call 601-651-4555. Or pre record on my count. Seven, six, five, four, three, two, roll A, fade up on A. Southern Miss to the top. You're tuned in to the Eagle Hour. And here we go, another edition of the Eagle Hour. We're glad you're with us. We're broadcasting from the Southern Bank Corps Studios in Hattiesburg and Laurel this afternoon. Full gang is here, and we're glad you are too. Opening segment of the show sponsored by Dickie's Barbecue Pit. Great place for the family, great place to cater your next event, large or small, and a great supporters of Southern Miss Athletics. So we hope that you'll enjoy a meal very soon at Dickie's Barbecue Pit right here in Hattiesburg. Landon Harper, I guess we can say now former Golden Eagle, now a member of the Atlanta Braves organization, uh, going to uh, schedule to join us a little later in the show. We'll look forward to that conversation. But first, guys, I, w- I want to get to this article that I found this morning on the ESPN's uh, website Of course, the college football world enduring a wave of change in the past two years. And uh, so ESPN surveyed more than 200 coaches, players, and administrators during the course of the summer to kind of get their take on where college athletics are headed. So I highlighted several uh, questions that were asked and the responses, and uh, curious uh, to hear what you guys have to think. I'll start with you, Kelly. Uh, Nearly 80% of those people surveyed told ESPN that they believe universities will be paying athletes directly within the next decade, and nearly 75% believe the sport, and this is football, will eventually follow some sort of professional model and schools forming uh, conferences based on their willingness to pay players. I think on both of those premises, those are reasonable, those are reasonable assumptions considering what's going on as we speak. I think the, the image and likeness uh, deal legalized, and Lane Kiffin in as much said so in, in his social media, said you've now legalized cheating. So this is the logical next step. You agree with that, Luke? I mean, it's inevitable. I mean, you know, we've, we've said it multiple times. I mean, you – and, and uh, I don't know if you guys saw Brent Venerables, the head coach at Oklahoma – this is how it feeds into it. He was talking recruiting the other day and talking about how he's tired of – he doesn't want people to commit to Oklahoma. He wants them to uh, – because what will happen is these kids will commit. They'll put it all over their, their, their social media, and then they'll, they'll keep taking <laughs> trips. You know, they'll keep taking visits, and they'll go around and, it, you know, it, it's like basically getting a prom date and then going around and asking everybody else what they think in case you're, you're, you decide to, to go to the prom with somebody else. And that that's what's happening now. And as a former athlete, I'll, I'll tell you this, I don't like the student-athletes having 
basically de, de facto control of of all this. I think I think that the needle went in a in a good way, but I think it's it, it's moved towards where we do value the student athletes uh, a little more. Uh, but now you've got to pull that back um, because you're you're looking at guys, you know, coaches and 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 athletic departments that are are basing things on the fact that they'll have players. And you've got, you know, recruiting, you've got all this stuff. And I know the, the devil's advocate will come on the other side and say, yeah, but, but these schools pull scholarships on student athletes. I get that. that. I'm totally okay with it. I understand that that is, that is right. And schools sometimes mess over student athletes. But, uh, to, to your point, we, we can't have student athletes holding universities and athletic departments hostage either. All right, another question. What should college football look like in the future? 29% of the respondents said there should be a complete break between the Power Five and other FBS programs, which would also stand separately from FCS teams. 21% said the college football should continue to work with the group of five and FCS teams jointly. And 30% said there should be a complete reorganization in which schools are grouped according to their resources and revenue. Kelly Sander. But I like both A and C. Uh, a is what we've been talking about on this program for a long time. And it really goes back to the poll question before. If they're organized based on their willingness to pay college athletes, well, the only schools that have the money to be able to pay college athletes are those Power Five conferences already. All right. So that's what A is suggesting. And three is suggesting pretty much the same thing, just in a different, in a different way. Let me throw this question at you, Luke. Here was another question. Uh, 80% of respondents said the NIL represents a black market pay-for-play system that is being used to recruit and uh, secure transfers. 60% of the respondents said the transfer portal has created what amounts to free agency in college football and will ultimately hurt the sport with its fan base. Yes. (laughs) I agree. I mean, yeah. I mean, we we we've talked about it. I mean, we yes, absolutely. It will back back to to what you asked, Kelly. Uh, I, I I am more this day more inclined for there to be a break in in uh, the FBS football, but football is already broken, like it's already split up because in the other sports, basketball, baseball softball you've got every single one d1 school participating in the same league so i mean yeah i mean split it again if you're going to do that i just i think that when the split comes the ncaa will not be involved at the highest level and that puts a damper and a danger on you know southern miss baseball competing for uh you know the national championship um, from what we'll call with Coach Mo, what did he say the other day the uh, not the not the power five but the resource the high resource five so yeah i I, I'm the NIL. I mean, I, I really can't say anything else. I mean, I totally agree uh, that unless they interject some common sense into it, then then it's going to be what I just said. There's going to be a, a hostage takeover from the bottom. All right. Here's a question for both of you. Uh, more than half of the respondents, 54 percent, said they believe universities will just begin paying athletes directly within the next five years. So they'll establish salaries for specific athletes. Oh boy, I, I don't think that necessarily, um, not not directly. But again, it's it's just going back to the schools that have the money, will use it in different air quotes 
creative ways. And the schools that don't have the money uh, aren't going to be able to, obviously. So, um, but you get into, you know, you, you get into that argument that some, some students now on the academic side, you know, you'll hear some of the jocks say sometime, look, I know somebody that got a 36 on their ACT that they're, they're putting money in their pocket every semester because of scholarships, you know, so why, why shouldn't we, you know, I, and of course then the, the answer back would be, well, you can go get a 36 on your ACT. study. (laughs) Yeah. This is an education. (laughs) How about it, Luke? Yeah. It's an, if you're going to, if you're going to take that approach, then you're going to have student athletes signing employment contracts with the university or an athletic department. And I just don't think the average student athlete is going to is is doesn't think through all the ramifications that come about that way, because a contract, guess what, you can get fired. And I know scholarships are renewable on a yearly basis, but you can get fired. And if you don't keep up, and and this is where the the athletic departments and the universities and colleges they will start looking out for number one even more. Um, and I just don't think that ends well with the, with the student-athlete. With the average – and the average student-athlete is not going to get paid $100,000, $70,000, you know, because universities – most universities can't afford that. At the same time, it will be people at the highest level that, yeah, I mean, you'll have a, you'll have a, a basketball player get fired because he doesn't pan out with his athletic ability. All right, final question. That to me, this would be the worst. 58% of those asked said they felt – that within 20 years, college football would be split into the super conferences that pay their athletes and the smaller leagues that don't and remain tied to academics. And that goes back to a couple of questions ago. You know, the Power Five will break off and do their thing because they have the resources and schools that don't have the resources. It's not that they wouldn't want to pay their athletes. They just don't have the resources to do it. I think, though, the text of that question is, though, would there be conferences that academics is now just a mute issue? It's how much can I make by playing for school A or school so B. So, like, within – you're asking, so, like, within the, the athletic department Correct. per se. Correct. That basically student-athletes wouldn't be held. And, that, I mean, it's a, like, like a school like Tulane, right? I mean, that's one of the reasons why, you know, they, they don't – can't recruit, uh, you know, certain, certain people because – the the academics aren't that much, so you're gonna. The bigger question is, you know, these especially these private institutions are they gonna, you know, basically lower standards across the board while they're they're paying athletes? Yeah, I, the the biggest part about that, Bob, to me, I, it's it's way faster than 20 years, way faster. Yeah, I think Luke's right about well, that. Well, but it's that's been going on anyway. You guys know as well as I do the magic bookkeeping that takes place when an athlete, a star athlete needs to have a certain grade and lo and behold on the last day of grades had no chance of making it a week ago but lo and behold he got an a plus on his final and is now eligible i never got an a plus (laughs) but i did get an a minus one time i think because i was a football player maybe just all right later in the show espn also predicting four schools from the sun belt that will play in postseason bowl and the most exciting news they're predicting the national college championship playoffs it's going to be stunning who they're predicting to play. But first, take a break. Then we're going to talk to Landon Harper. The dog.
You're tuned in to the Eagle Hour. The Eagle Hour. Southern Miss to the top. Hey, welcome back. Glad you're with us around the state this afternoon. Remember, you can hear the Super Talk Eagle Hour podcast on Apple, Audible, Google Podcasts, Spotify, Stitcher, TuneIn, or you can tell Alexa to play the Super Talk Eagle Hour 24-7, 365, and we appreciate all of y'all that do just that. This segment sponsored by Campus Bookmark, campusbookmark.net. Right on Hardy Street or online, uh, you can shop them seven days a week and uh, find the latest in Southern Miss Apparel and the greatest staff on the planet at Campus Bookmart and CampusBookmart.net. Landon Harper joins the Eagle Hour now. Landon, uh, a Golden Eagle relief pitcher this past season and one of five Golden Eagles drafted into professional baseball. And I, and I think maybe the, the last uh, player to sign – uh, who signed uh, just a few days ago with the Atlanta Braves. Landon joins us from Sarasota, Florida, and he is down there in the Braves uh, training facility. And Landon, welcome back to the Eagle Hour, and uh, congratulations to you. Thank you, thank you. It's an honor. Well, Landon, I, I tell you, I'm, I'm curious to know, because uh, most people will never experience this, uh, when you when you have college eligibility remaining – you play on a really mm-hmm. top-flight program, but you get the opportunity to uh, to sign a professional contract. What what are the things that go into your thinking? Uh, some people would think maybe it's only money, but is there more to it than money? What What is the mindset of a young man like you when that opportunity presents itself? You know, there's a lot of things that go into it, and I thought about a lot of things. And there is so many things that I wouldn't be able to explain all of them on here. And – you know, money is one of them, but I don't think that was the deciding factor for me. I think it was, you know, um, you know, it was very, it was a very hard decision for me. It took me till the last day that somebody can get signed to make my decision. And you know, you know, I love Southern Miss, and I love the coaching staff and the teammates there and the fan base. You know, it's all amazing. And you know, this is, I didn't ask for this opportunity to be honest. You know, I was expecting to get drafted, but I didn't. Uh, I was expecting a certain round, and I didn't get drafted a certain round. And 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 I ended up getting drafted in a, a little later round, and without me knowing. And it kind of you know came upon me, and I felt like it was you know it was you know God telling me that you know it might be it might be time to ne- take the next step in your life, and uh and you know and go play professional ball. And you know, not many people get this opportunity. And, you know, that's kind of one of the things that went through my head. You know, I prayed about it a lot. I prayed about it so much. And, you know, I felt like at the end of the day that, you know, it was time to make the next step in my life. You know, I'm 21 years old. I uh, could have went back, you know, and, and, and I would have loved to went back. You know, I, I, I had no problem with going back. And, you know, it came upon me, you know, it just came across me that, you know, it was, you know, it was just time for the next step in my life. And, and that's what I decided to do. So. Five of you guys drafted, uh, which is I think was a school record. Uh, did that come as a surprise to you, or did, or did you five guys ha- have those conversations at any point toward the end of the year? I don't think we had that conversation of five guys, but, you know, it wasn't a surprise to me. You know, Coach Eyes does a great job with us, with us pitchers. You know, he, he really develops us in a way that not many other pitching coaches can do. And he just has, you know, he just has a way of doing things and a way of teaching people and a way of getting a relationship with guys that, that helps them develop in the right way and helps them want to be there and want to, want to develop the way he wants you to be- develop. And everybody who comes through there, I feel like, buys in to what Coach Ives, Coach Perry, and Coach Krill have to offer. And, 
And, you know, I think that's how, you know, it happened. You know, I think we were very – all five of us were very good pitchers. We, uh, we developed all, and we, we developed to where we could be able to get this opportunity. And I feel like that, you know, it's, it's a God-given talent to be able to have all five of us get drafted. And, you know, for that to be happening – and happen, you know, it was just crazy. And I, I mean, I'm just, I'm just excited to have this opportunity. Landon, this is Kelly Sander. I congratulate you as well. And of course, now in the Braves organization. But buddy, look, let's be honest. Just you and me talking. If a crappy team like the Tigers would have drafted you, you'd have probably gone back to Southern Miss, huh? <laughs> I mean, I, you're probably right. I don't, I don't, I don't, yeah, you're probably right. Yeah. It was a hard opportunity to pass up. You know, uh, the Braves actually they have one of the best uh, training facilities. And MLB baseball, because, I mean, they just built it in 2019, and then COVID happened in 2020. So it's a year old. You know, the first time they got to use it was 2021. And so it's really nice, and it's really a great place. And, you know, I'm excited to see see what happens with it, you know. Well, and Austin Riley, a Mississippi native who played for, I believe, DeSoto Mm -hmm. Central uh, in high school, Mm -hmm. uh, just signed, I think, what, a 200 and... Ten-year deal. Yeah, $221 million deal uh, with the Braves. And and I've tried to explain, Brandon, to people, too, that, that, that don't know a whole lot about necessarily baseball, but it's, it's really not about the money to most guys. This is something that you guys have dreamed about since you were little kids is just to get the opportunity. Oh, yeah. Yeah, it is. Uh, I mean, I have definitely dreamed about this since I was a kid, and not only, not only is it is it just the opportunity. It's it's a great opportunity for me. You know, it's the Braves. Like I said, the, the spring training facility. You know, all their uh, minor leagues, the the high, the low A, high A, uh, single A. They're I mean, they're all in uh, Georgia, and then you got double A in Pearl and Jackson, which is also close to home, and then you know, triple A is also in Georgia. So. You know, just to be close to home is also something that I had thinking in my head. You know, not not other teams are close to home for me. You know, not other uh, MLB teams are just close to home. And that was the thing that, you know, my family can come see me. I can go see my family, you know. And it's just closer to home for me. And it was just a crazy opportunity that I, I didn't expect at all. All right, look, get it here with uh, Landon Harp. Landon, um, appreciate all that you did. I think we had you right after you uh, committed from Pearl River to Southern Miss last year. And Right then, we were licking our wounds because we lost Hunter Stanley and Walker Powell and Ryan Ock, and then you guys this year are the best statistically pitching staff that's ever been recorded. I mean, you know, I feel like you, you hinted at it earlier, but I feel like you know Scott Barry and Christian uh, Christian Ostrander will reload um, with this pitching staff. Of course, with with Tanner, you know, coming back, but but yeah, I mean, it it is five of y'all got taken. I think we lost like ten or eleven, but. Seems like you have full faith that those guys are going to be able to uh, to put forward great pitchers again next year. Oh yeah, I I definitely have faith in Coach Oz uh, and Coach Krill to uh, you know get what we need. I feel like they're going to look at the pitchers the, the pitchers that we had this year and look what we did, and I feel like they're going to try to get guys who kind of look like us and you know and and pitch like us, and then they're going to develop them and you know make them better. And hopefully, them guys that are in there now you know do better than what we did the year before, just like we did better than. The pitching staff before us did. You know, I feel like it's just going to on go and keep going on. And you know, I feel like that's that's the way it happens. And I feel like Coach Oz can do that. Coach Barry and Coach Crew. I feel like they all can do that. And I feel like they will do that. It's coming up season. Yeah, we we've got a guy. Not many people have heard of his name's Tanner Hall. He's coming back, so uh, he's he's pretty. Oh, good. Yeah. Anyway, 
Landon, what's uh, what's kind of the process from you for you now? You're in Florida, but like, what does you know the rest of the summer and early fall look like for you guys that were just drafted? You know, it's a uh, constant grind, constant grind. Uh, stay with your craft, you know, stay stay within yourself. Don't do too much. Don't go outside of it, and all those things. It's also what I learned at uh, you know Southern Miss, and I, I I plan to take what I've learned at Southern Miss and bring it on to uh, the Braves and and also add in what they have to offer me. And I feel like that with those two things together, I feel like I have a good chance, you know, to make it to where I want to go, you know. So, As, as far as, like, so will you be assigned to a team? Will you stay at the practice facility, you know, in, in Florida? Will they put you in a rookie league from now to the end of the minor league season? So um, after the Super Regional, I, um, in that last game that I pitched, you know, I, uh, I took a month off from throwing. And then I started throwing again, and, you know, uh, when I got up here, I'm not – I haven't got off a mound yet. So it's kind of like they're kind of – they don't. it's really about yourself. If you're not ready yet, they, they want you to just keep throwing, and then when you get off the mound, they're going to send me somewhere, depending on how I do and how I look and how they, what, what they want to do with me. But I'm pretty sure you have to go through all levels of minor leagues before you can get up to the major league. So I'm sure I'll start out low A first, and then high, uh, double A, triple A, and on, on going from there, so – Landon, you guys were, were real close to making the trip to Omaha this year, but you missed the natty at Pearl River by one year. Yes, sir. <laughs> I'm sure I you, did. I'm sure you've been in touch with those PRC guys, man, as they're flashing that goal down. Oh, yeah, man. I, I am so proud of them. You know, I feel like uh, I was a part of it. I feel like I was part of it. That's just how they, that's just how they work down there, man. It's, you feel like even if you're not there and you move on and you go through a year or two years there, you feel like, you're a part of the team that did that because you helped develop that place to be where it's at now. And, um, you know, I'm, I'm Coach Avalon, you know, I think the world, him and that coaching staff down there, you know, they do a great job doing what they're doing, recruiting, developing kids, you know, to make it to where I got to go, to Southern Miss, to the next level, the D1 level. And, you know, a lot of them guys, like Tate Parker, we got him, Graham Crawford, we got him. Right. Pearl River, you know, I think, you know, I think that Pearl River is a great, you know, recruiting area for to be so close to Southern. I feel like a lot of them guys are so good and so good at developing that they can just go straight to Southern Miss. I feel like it's good for Southern Miss to have Pearl River close to them. All right, Landon, you came on the show right when you signed with the Golden Eagles. You're back on the show now right when you signed uh, with the Braves. Uh, you were one of our favorites all year long, son, and uh, we wish you nothing but the very best, uh, best of luck to you. Yes, sir. I appreciate it. All right. Landon Harper, everybody. Now a member of the Atlanta Braves organization. Great kid. And had a lot of fun with him all year. And and now he's got Austin Riley to lean on if he needs a you know low, loan. In, low interest <laughs> loan. <laughs> we'll be back. To the, top. to the top, you're tuned in to the Eagle Hour. All right, we want to thank Landon Harper for joining us and, and wish that kid uh, just the very best in his uh, new adventure as he's a member of the Atlanta Braves organization. and did a great job here this year uh, for the Southern Miss baseball program, no question about that. 
Fourth Street Bar and Grill sponsors the third segment of the Eagle Hour each and every day. Got a great lunch, uh, five days a week. How much is that lunch, Kelly? Nine nine ninety five, and that includes your sweet tea or unsweet tea, water, whatever you whatever you want to drink, soft drink. Yeah, you know, nothing irritates me more than to go to a place and they tell you how much yeah. the lunch is, and then so you get your lunch and you get a glass of tea, and when you pay the bill, you realize the tea was three dollars, you know, for <laughs> right. a glass of tea. Exactly. No, that includes it. Yeah, that's not going to ever tap to you at Four Street Bar and Grill. And I still contend the best shrimp poor boy in Hattiesburg comes out of the kitchen at Four Street Bar. Oh, now, if you had to pick the shrimp poor boy or the catfish on Friday, which? Well, they're both really, really good. I know. I'm, I mean, ask, I'm asking really, really good. I'm asking you to pick. Both. I, you know, i I'm, I got to get that, guys. I'm going to lean to that shrimp poor boy. You man. are. I like, the, wow. I like those shrimp poor boys okay. down there. Got you it. ever heard of the phrase, to both? No, what's that? Two, like they ask you, do you want um, you want a catfish, cat, fried catfish, or a shrimp po' boy? You say two both. I want I want both. I want both <laughs> options. Two both. There you go. So you learn something. All right. Uh, so uh, you know, I'm I'm doing all the research for this program today so that you guys can look good. I, I Apparently do this, I not, do Bob, because I cannot find the article that you are I, I do about this. to refer to. I do this every day, and uh, these guys they just show up, get their check, and leave. I'm the one that brings you the facts, ladies and gentlemen. All right, here's an article that I found today, and it's the way too early, and it is the way too early, uh, bowl predictions for 2022. And uh, so I immediately, of course, go to the Sun Belt. And to my dismay, Southern Miss is not in the projection. But one thing that really strikes me, guys, this particular article picks four Sun Belt teams, Appalachian State, Coastal Carolina, no surprise, Marshall, Old Dominion. But what do they all have in common, Kelly? Uh, well, they're all in the Eastern Division. Correct. Correct. So, uh, and again, this is way too early for it to matter. But uh, interesting that uh, early prognostications indicate that all the uh, talent and strength of the league is going to come from the Eastern Division. Well, what strikes me about Old Dominion and Marshall, a little surprised about Old Dominion. Yeah, is the, is that in the preseason coaches poll, Marshall and Old Dominion were picked down toward the bottom. Of yeah, the they Eastern got Division. Marshall playing in the Myrtle Beach Bowl. Not that this matters on December nineteenth. Old Dominion in the Lending Tree Bowl on December seventeenth. Uh, Coastal Carolina in the New Orleans Bowl on the twenty first, and Appalachian State in the Camellia Bowl. But uh, Georgia State, I believe, in the preseason coaches poll was picked to finish third. Mm-hmm. In the Eastern Division and Troy, they claim they're going to right. Be good. Troy, Troy, and then there's there's Lafayette. Oh yeah, there's them. Yeah, <laughs> no, Lafayette's in the West. Who? Lafayette's. No, in- I'm just saying I though. Thought, but, I thought yeah. they were thought they were the University of Louisiana from here on out. They are no ULLs, as no. Patrick McGee would call. Ooh la la, ooh la la, no more. Yeah. Ooh la la. So, you guys agree with that, or do you think they're overlooking some people here? Are they shortchanging the raging Cajuns? I tend to think maybe so. Uh, and well, Georgia think, and Georgia State. Now remember, this well, is a Georgia State team that... Y'all hung up on Georgia State, aren't you? They, they, they beat <laughs> Auburn last year. You guys both know that. They beat Auburn. Oh, and, no, it's Georgia Southern you're hung up on. Yeah, I like Georgia okay, Southern. My there daughter we went there, but I'm just there saying, Georgia State had Auburn beat and got no messed over by the no, SEC no, officials. No, no so. question about yeah. that. I witnessed that with my own two eyes. Yeah. No, no question about that. Now, but here's what's going to... Well, you guys can get back to this, but here's the stunning... Projection. There's more. Stunning. There's more to this. The playoffs, like like the big playoffs, the, the final four. 
And this is something we've never seen before. Okay, so so they've they've actually gone out on a limb and have picked mm-hmm. the four mm-hmm. teams that they think will emerge from all of the schools mm-hmm. to compete for the national championship. They even predicted who's going to play each other. Akron. Akron Zips. <laughs> That's it. The Toledo Rockets? Uh, no, you're close. Rutgers. Uh, no, you're getting you're The getting Lobos warm. of New Mexico State. How did you know? At <laughs> San Diego State in one playoff game. Now, here we go, go guys. This is going to thrill you. Clemson versus Alabama. We've never seen that. Ohio State versus Georgia. It, what is the sound for falling asleep? Is it, uh, yeah. They got to do something about the playoffs. If, if, if this turns out to be the case again, I mean, <laughs> at what point do you just turn it off and watch an old Jimmy Cagney movie? Well, that's what's going to happen eventually. Yeah. Uh, when, it's, when it's the same teams, but it goes <laughs> who back. Is, back who to, is Jimmy Cagney? Who is that? Oh, no. <laughs> oh, no. He didn't ask that. <laughs> Google him. Google yeah, him. You'll find him. He might be listed under James Cagney, though. Yeah, he when, might be. James Cagney. The Yankee yeah. Doodle Dandy, uh, yeah. one of his big movies. Famous actor in the 30s and 40s. And, and this is why, Bob, that, that there's proponents now for expanding <laughs> ex- expanding. The, the football playoff. Well, I completely agree. It, now, that I doesn't... Totally but, agree. But, but well, honestly, and to be fair to those four schools you mentioned, even if you expanded the football playoff, it's probably going to be yeah, those Yeah, but wouldn't four. it be more interesting at least for a while? Yes, it would, for yeah, sure. At least for a while. Yeah, and, and you if you're one of those other teams, you're thinking, hey, here's our chance. You know, here's yeah. our chance to... I mean, how many times in the past 10 years have these four schools been involved? Right. Well, every time. Except... <laughs> Yeah, you know what team other than I think Texas may have won a national championship in there, but I mean, yeah. other than Georgia, Alabama, Clemson, and Ohio, I mean, who's even been in the mix for a national championship the past five? Am I missing yeah. somebody the past five or six years? I don't know. Is he Luke? I can't recall anybody. Yeah, I can't either. James Francis Cagney Jr. was an American <laughs> actor, dancer, and film director. He Correct. died in 1986. Correct. Yankee, uh, Yankee Doodle Dandy was probably his he best made movie. his his last appearance was in Terrible Joe Moran in 1984. Mm-hmm. The go. last movie he made was Before I Was Born. Well, so I'll, I'll, I, bet if you, I'll bet if you look at some of the clips, you'll recognize him. I'll bet, you, I'll bet you've seen some, some old movies that, that he was in. And that famous quote, supposedly, he said, You dirty rat, you dirty rat. I don't think he actually said that <laughs> ever. <it. laughs> That's exactly right. Yeah. You dirty rat. <laughs> so, all right. So, if you could have anybody you wanted in the college football playoff, your, your final four, because the only way this happens is if they, if they have 12, who would you put? Outside of those four you're talking about? Yeah. I mean, if you could have any four you wanted, like what would be fun to you? What would cause you to not watch a James Francis Cagney Jr. movie? (laughs) Well, I would just say this about the playoffs. I just – I don't know what the point of having these big Power Five conferences is – if, if the conference champion from the Power Five conferences are not involved in the national playoffs. Why have one? Why have a playoff if you're not going to do – I've always been an advocate of – those all of those conference champions should be in there, and there should be, I think, at least one of the group of five, the best out of that group, maybe two to give them more of an opportunity. But I don't know. I just find it ridiculous when – 
for example, let's just say the 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 third place team, and I'm just using hypothetical. Yeah, the third place team in the SEC West is in the conference championship, but the Pac-10 champion that went 11 and one is not. I mean, yeah, what's the, fr- what's frustrating is, is when you don't even you basically you can lose not be in the SEC championship and still make the playoff exactly. because you didn't get knocked out in the SEC championship. Exactly. And, and, yeah. and last year, you take a team like Baylor of the Big 12. Dave Aranda did a great job in his first year as, as coach should at Baylor. Should have had a shot. Baylor, Baylor should have been in there, probably. Yeah, you know, just give them a shot. Cincinnati you know, had, had a chance. Uh, Don't we learn from, the, from, the, from yeah. the NCAA basketball tournament how much excitement that adds to college athletics when everybody you, has a to, shot? you got to expand it, though. It has to be Correct. twelve. It has to be twelve, and if it's twelve, then you get half the field. Is is the only way that it's going to happen? A twelve team playoff is that the Power Five get their champions in. That's five slots. Your highest group of five champion as an automatic bid six, and then you have six at large, which will never be occupied by you know two group of five teams or one group of five teams. So, but at the at least in that you have a a chance to get in the playoff as a group of five. That's the only way it's going to happen. But as we've seen, as I think Sankey said it you know, a few weeks ago, they're kind of walking back if they were to expand from this auto-bid conference champion, which is that the, only, the only reason you say that is so that if you're the SEC, you get four teams in a 12-team playoff. That's what they want. But I do, like, I do like with what some of the conferences have done with their conference championship game. For example, the SEC has its championship game in Atlanta. Right. So which so Alabama can't have that as a home game. You know, of course, it might as well have been Georgia's. But but at neutral sites, if the NCAA is worried about money, let cities like Indianapolis, New Orleans, whoever, you know, bid on these just like they do with the basketball tournament. And if you're going to play for a national championship, make sure that these games are played on on uh, neutral sites. Well, there's nothing more exciting than the I think it's fair to say in college athletics than the March Madness. So use that as your template to try to figure out some way to bring more excitement into college football playoff. But unfortunately, I still think when the smoke clears, those four that we're yawning at will probably still be there. FIU and Ohio University. There we go. For the national championship. There's a matchup there. Just think about it. How about a school that's won more games than Mississippi State? The Middle Tennessee! (laughs) (laughs) That's Go Raiders! We'll be back. Southern Miss to the top. Final segment on a rainy Tuesday brought to you by D-Bat and D-1 Training on Hardy Street in Hattiesburg. Southern Bancor Studios in Hattiesburg and Laurel as the Eagle Hour wraps up this Tuesday. Luke, Bob, and Kelly. Southern Miss Ladies Golf releasing their 2022 and 2023 schedule. Uh, late yesterday afternoon. Tell you what, I think we've all decided that you know some of the smartest 
at least in how they go about their life, are, are the golf team. No question. Trip scheduled uh, to Mobile, Hoover, Mobile and Hoover, Alabama, Seattle, Washington. Yeah, they went out of October. Yeah, they went out there last year, remember? That's right. Uh, Jonesboro, Arkansas. They'll host one in Hattie, at the Hattiesburg Country Club uh, on Halloween. Played English turn in New Orleans for the spring schedule. Go out and play in Fort Worth at SMU. That'll be a nice course. Tucson, Arizona, and they will finish up at uh, at the Sun Belt Tournament uh, in Daytona, Florida. So already like where uh, you know we, we talked about baseball, uh, maybe moving you know out of M- Montgomery area, but I mean, seems like besides baseball, every every venue or place that they're holding these championships is pretty cool, including Media Days um, last week in New Orleans. Correct. Move the baseball tournament to Pensacola. No brainer. All of these places are going to be drivable. I love yep. it. Yep. 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 In the NFL, big news of breaking today where the Miami Dolphins are going to be stripped of their number one, their first round draft pick next year and a third round pick the following year. The Dolphins, there's been evidence to support uh, other teams' allegations that the Dolphins were illegally tampering with Sean Payton when he was head coach of the Saints trying to talk him to going over to Miami. And the Dolphins also reportedly tried to sway Tom Brady away from uh, Tampa in offering Brady part ownership of the Miami Dolphins in order to get him get him there. But again, both men were under contracts with their current team, so the Dolphins will pay a huge price, a first round and a uh, next year and a third round the year after that. But while the Dolphins are suffering a heavy price, Cleveland quarterback Deshaun Watson, perhaps not such a heavy price, Bob. It's just a disgusting, um, a disgusting display by the National Football League. This man is accused, formally accused, by 30 women of sexually molesting them. 30 women. And he gets a six-game suspension? How, how do you justify that, Luke Johnson? That's, that's just that's atrocious. You don't. And you're looking at you know what, what Ridley's going through with the Falcons and I think um, Silas Red Jr., I think that's his name. Yeah, played with the Raiders. Back. Yeah, and, uh, you know, dealing with what, what Alvin's dealing with in New Orleans. It just seems like, you know, right people behind closed doors said the right things. And hmm. and, and really, when you look at the, the punishments that the NFL has handed down in the past, more of them, there have been more severe punishments for something like smoking weed, all right, which – is getting to be more and more accepted, not only in sports, but in you know society. Far more stiff penalties for smoking weed than what uh, Deshaun... And Deshaun Watson's attorneys, though, you got to love this. They go, well, in, in court, he none of this has been proven. I'm going, but you settled out well, of court. Here, here's just one so, man's opinion. You settle those kind of... Those, uh, those types of cases with that many women... If the NFL had any integrity, it would be saying goodbye to Deshaun Watson, that you don't play in the National Football League any longer. Yeah, and, and the, the what he was found guilty of is, uh, 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 what's what's the term that t- they talk about, unleague-like behavior or whatever it is? It's, it's just, just there's, there's no way to justify it. It's just disgusting, and it, I think, severely damages the already damaged credibility of the NFL. I agree. Yeah. All right, let's end on a happy note. Tweet of the day. High school football coach in the state of California has a picture of the left leg of one of his football players. Now, remember, it's California, folks. So 
you know, in, in college and in high school, when you put on your practice pants, sometimes you would wear a girdle like that your practice, like your pads would go into. Your hip, but, your hip pads. You, not your hip pads would go through your belt, but yeah, on on the girdle, yeah. Right. But old school high school football, your practice pants, they would be sleeves inside the pants for uh, your thigh pads and your knee pads. Right. Mm-hmm. So where the thigh pad is supposed to be, <laughs> there is a thigh pad like object, but turns out the coach. This is the tweet of the day. First day in full pads. I had to explain to a freshman that the pockets on his pants were not for his cell phone. Apparently, the cell phone was discovered when it rang during practice. (laughs) Son, A, you don't have a thigh pad in. B, you have a cell phone in there. Oh, my God. Go to the locker room and get it right. These are the people, Bob, who are going to be messing with our Social Security. (laughs) I got them. Hey, we want to thank D1 and D-Bat for sponsoring the fourth segment of the show every day. It's a great place to take your child for baseball and softball training, a great place for adult athletes to train for any sport. D1, a great facility on Hardy Street, and also our thanks to Mo Bay Beignet. And uh, we talk about these guys every day, but we couldn't do the Eagle Hour without them. Mo Bay Beignet serves delicious beignets and coffees. They're on Hardy Street right across from the Southern Miss campus. A cell phone in your iPad. Unbelievable. It's the country we live in now. It's going to be tough to text with the phone down yeah. there. Back tomorrow at 1 o'clock. Until then, Southern Miss. <laughs> to the top. Slipping, slipping, slipping into the future. Time keeps on slipping, slipping, slipping. Into the future I wanna fly like an eagle To the sea Fly like an eagle Let my spirit carry me I want to fly like an eagle Till I'm free Super Talk Mississippi Media Production.